I want to welcome you to our evening Bible study and thank you for viewing this. If you have your Bibles, I really would like to encourage you to join me in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to enter into a moment of time with the Apostle Paul when things weren't perfect. Things weren't going all right. It is possible that in this moment in time, his feelings are pretty raw. He has been wounded, intentionally so. He's been hurt. As I studied, I have shared this before. I think this is helpful as we arrive in this moment in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 this evening. There's a book that's called All I Really Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. The author of that book wrote this. Here's what we learned in kindergarten. Really, it's all we ever need to know. Share everything. Play fair. Don't hit people. Put things back where you found them. Clean up your own mess. Don't take things that aren't yours. Say you're sorry when you hurt somebody. Wash your hands before you eat. Live a balanced life. Take a nap every afternoon. When you go out into the world, watch for traffic, hold hands, and stick together. It is a great summation. Wouldn't it be a better world? Wouldn't it be a better life if you napped every afternoon? If governments put things back where they found them? If thieves didn't break through and steal things that were not theirs? If all of us really did go through life looking out for each other? Sticking together, holding hands, maintaining that childlike relationship. Well, the reality is the world isn't like that. You know it and so do I. The world's never been like that since sin has entered in. And the Apostle Paul was aware of that very thing. Words hurt. People lie, people wound intentionally, deception runs rampant, and the fact is feelings get hurt because of it. One said, any time you live to see God glorified and his church enhanced, supported, supplied, or defended, you will feel the winds of adversity in one form or another. And certainly the church at Corinth was a source of adversity for the Apostle Paul. That's where we find him here this evening. Someone within the church at Corinth had mistreated the Apostle Paul. Now, we're not sure in our study whether that is the man that Paul wrote about in 1 Corinthians 5 who was living an immoral life in open fornication. We don't know if it was another person who was publicly challenging Paul's apostolic authority. What we do know is that someone in the church at Corinth was causing the apostle Paul a great deal of pain. He had made a quick visit to Corinth to address this situation. He had sent a letter to them about this situation. His letter is revealing a compassionate heart. It was born out of anguish within him. He's trying to teach the church at Corinth about restoration. He's exhibiting the quality of a true spiritual leader, which is so deeply needed in the church. And what that is, is how to love people 
when they don't play nice. How, when words are spoken and feelings are hurt and disagreements arise, as in this moment intentionally so, how to get things right, how to love even in a hard season and even when love seems hard to exhibit. Paul's going to teach us here in this passage of Scripture how to do that. How to love somebody when they're attacking you. How to love through a hard season and what that looks like precisely. The first thing that he'll teach us is this. We should be considerate of others. Kind of harkens back to all I ever need to know I actually probably learned in kindergarten. Be considerate of others. Now, I have you in first, or 2 Corinthians chapter 2, forgive me, back a chapter, he says this in verses 23 and 24, Moreover, I call God for a record upon my soul, that to spare you I came not as yet unto Corinth, not for that we have dominion over your faith, but listen to this, but are helpers of your joy, For by faith ye stand. We, Paul says, are helpers of your joy. He's considerate of their emotional condition. He says, I spared you by not coming to you. I consider myself a helper of your joy. In effect, we are workers with you for your joy. Because you stand in faith. Now, he's continuing that thought here in chapter 2. Note verse 1. But I determined this with myself, that I would not come again to you in heaviness. For if I make you sorry, who is he then that maketh me glad? But the same which is made sorry by me. And I wrote this same unto you, lest when I come I should have sorrow from them of whom I ought to rejoice, having confidence in you all that my joy is the joy of you all. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart I wrote unto you with many tears, not that ye should be grieved, but that ye might know the love which I have more abundantly unto you. Considerate of others. Even when the Apostle Paul was being attacked, he remained considerate of others. He ends this on a note of love. I love you more abundantly. In effect, I'm writing this letter because I want you to know of the abundant love that I have for you. So from verse 23 of chapter 1, really through these, he is communicating, I love you. And how I love you is I am a helper of your joy. I want to help you live in joy. Truly, that's the way you love people. Become a worker. Do what you must do for them to have joy in the Lord. And he considered his task to be a helper of their joy very important. That's why he continued and said this in that second verse. If I make you sorry, who is he then that maketh me glad, but the same which is made sorry by me? Now, loosely, let me say what he's saying there. I don't want to pain you. 
I don't want to wound you. I don't want to bring misery in your life because who then is going to make me happy? You are the source of my joy. If I take your joy from you, how will you then make me happy? Your joy is my joy. If I ruin your joy, my joy goes down. I want to be a helper for your joy because that brings me joy. As he closed out verse 3, he says that my joy is the joy of you all. Now, that's a lot of joy in there. Not only is your joy my joy, but my joy is your joy. Work together for people to stay joyful in the Lord. He was not thinking of his own feelings, but of the feelings of others, he put others first. He was considerate. Very simply, he knows if he returned to the church, his presence there would cause some pain and discomfort, not gladness and joy. Remember, as I've stated, one of the members or a segment of the members in the church at Corinth has caused Paul a great deal of pain. We've already addressed his travel plans had changed. Things were being said about the Apostle Paul. They had wounded him intentionally. He had written a letter to address this. He had made a quick visit to address this. He knew if he showed up, there would be some misery, some angst in the situation. So he says this. Listen to what he'll say many chapters from now. 2 Corinthians 12. Behold... The third time I am ready to come to you, and I will not be burdensome to you, for I seek not yours, but you. For the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children, and I will very gladly spend and be spent for you, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. He'll say this in chapter 13 and verse 1, this is the third time I am coming to you. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. He knows when he arrives on the scene, this needs to be dealt with. These accusations, these falsehoods, this gossip, this slander, this rumor must be dealt with. He said, I'm glad to be spent and to spend for you. It seems, he's saying, that the more I love you, the less I be loved. And when I arrive and I'm ready to come this third time, everything will be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. He knew that his presence would cause a tension in the congregation. He's hopeful that they will deal with this situation prior to his arrival. So that he is not there in heaviness. That's what he's saying. He is considerate of others even when he is under attack. So his desire is, I wrote you a letter. I made a quick visit. Deal with this situation. Obey the word. Discipline the offender. Bring purity and peace back to the congregation. Solomon taught us that faithful are the wounds of a friend. Paul knew that the words that he wrote, he wrote them out of a heart of anguish with many tears because he was pained by what was being said. He did not desire to cause misery. He desired to wound like a friend. He knew that it might hurt, but he did not want to harm. 
And sometimes those who love us must hurt us to keep us from harm. That's what the Apostle Paul's communicating here. You guys are getting on to me for changing my plans. I could have come. I knew if I would have arrived, angst would have been the product. I have written you a letter. Deal with this situation so that I do not have to arrive there in heaviness. Certainly, he could have lowered the boom with his apostolic authority. He could have commanded the people to respect him, to obey him. But he is ministering with patience and love out of his heart changing his travel plans to spare the church, even though at this moment they're attacking him, or some are, for his change of plan. True love, even in the midst of an attack, is always considerate of the feelings of others. He truly was working for their joy. Under attack, considerate of others. But that does not mean that sin should not be confronted. He's teaching us how to love in a difficult season. Love when under attack, we never cease to be considerate of others in how the situation is dealt with. He wrote out of love, out of a heart of anguish, through many tears, he's conveying to them, I don't want to harm you. I love you. And so I want this situation to be addressed prior to my arrival. I don't want to come there and cause you heaviness. Though when I arrive, all that's been said will be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Considerate of others, but also confrontational concerning sin. Now, it's worth noting that Paul did not mention the name of the man who opposed him and was at this moment in time dividing the church family. It's really not important that we know his name. What is important is that we know this person and this church was with a group of people attacking, assaulting, and hurting the minister of God that is Paul, stirring up a controversy causing a great disturbance, competing, as it were, diminishing the Apostle Paul, causing terrible grief and pain. Now, let's just take a step back, and it may feel unfair because I'm a pastor and I say this, but here's a crucial point. Attacks against the minister, Paul, God does not take lightly. And the attacks against Paul, though they were personal, they never remain just personal. They attend, affect the entire church. This man then was guilty with this group of people of disturbing and hurting the whole church. Again, a very serious offense to God. In verse 5 of chapter 2, he says, But if any have caused grief, he hath not grieved me, but in part that I may not overcharge you all. He's saying this is affecting the church. Attack the minister, divide the church. Be very careful about how we use our words. When sin arises, love confronts that sin. Notice what Paul is saying here. This individual needs church discipline. That's tough love. That's kind of hard love. That's what he's communicating in verse 6. Sufficient to such a man 
is this punishment which was inflicted by many. Church discipline was carried out by the church at Corinth on this offender who was attacking Paul. That was the desire of the Apostle Paul, not for vengeance sake, as we'll establish, but for purity's sake, for the sake of restoration. Now, church discipline, one of those topics that's not really a popular one and not really practiced in any widespread fashion. In fact, a whole lot of churches sweep things under the rug instead of obeying Scripture. And here, as has been addressed, one person has led a clique of people to oppose Paul. Paul has written a letter, and he has conveyed that this problem needs to be dealt with. And it is evident in the language here of 2 Corinthians 2 that the church voted on the matter, or they carried out church discipline on the individual and the clique, and the majority agreed in the punishment of the offender, though it was not unanimous, it was a majority. Some in the church actually felt like the discipline was not stern enough. They wanted the discipline to be more severe. So let me just sum what, what we do know. A man was committing so much wrong in the Corinthian church that the Apostle Paul knew this man had to be disciplined and corrected, so he's encouraging the church at Corinth in this matter. The church at Corinth follows the advice of the Apostle Paul. They consider the matter, and following Paul's advice of Galatians 6, they correct, they discipline the offender. Now, not everyone agreed. Some thought it should be more severe, but the church did discipline the man, and the man, despite the difference of opinions, was corrected. He could not be allowed to continue to attack the Apostle Paul and stir up controversy within the church unchecked. Listen, God severely views that. The body of Christ to be protected. Sin must always be confronted. We're not saying sweep things under the rug. But there are some who work to incite, work to create a clique, work at times to even work, negate, attack, criticize spiritual leadership. And within it, they start to create a little turmoil. Be very careful. Be very careful. Confront sin. No one should be allowed to live immorally. No one should be able to run roughshod. But be careful. That's a lesson we derive from this. It's still that way in the church. Sin should not go unchecked. Contrary to the common notion, church discipline is not really about punishment. It's about restoration. The aim of church discipline is not to embarrass, it's to protect, and it's an attempt to restore an offender. That's what's happening here. To discipline and restore a current unrepentant believer to the safety and productivity of the church. That's what we're learning. How do I show love when I'm under attack? That's what Paul's teaching us. I am a helper of your joy. I want to be considerate of you. I have changed my travel plans because this problem needs to be dealt with. If I arrive, I know that it will be to your misery. 
This problem must be dealt with. Considerate of others, we never release that. Confront sin, we never avoid that. And then, when that individual is repentant, we compassionately forgive. Always be considerate of others. Never shy away from confronting sin. And when that individual shows that repentance, when that situation has been addressed, compassionately forgive. Pick up in verse 7. So that contrarywise, ye ought rather to forgive him and comfort him. Lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with overmuch sorrow. Wherefore, I beseech you that ye would confirm your love to him. For to this end also did I write, that I might know the proof of you, whether ye be obedient in all things. To whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgive anything to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgave I it in the person of Christ, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. This is pretty deep to unpack, and really you can't just arrive at this segment of verses and grasp it. We know that a man has committed a terrible sin. He has criticized, he has attacked the Apostle Paul, he's disturbed the fellowship of the church, he has affected the name and the witness of Paul and the church within the community. The fact is, there was a danger of some church members, after this situation had been dealt with, of maintaining severe bad feelings and not forgiving this person. And Paul is coaching them. Forgive him. He gives solid reasons in these verses. Forgive him for his own sake. Did you know what he said in there? Such an one should be swallowed up with overmuch sorrow. It's possible if you don't forgive him, he'll be overtaken with this grief. He'll be so defeated that he can't recover. Compassionately forgive for his sake. Not only that, forgive for the Lord's sake. He said, confirm your love to him. For the sake of Jesus, you, the church, the body of Christ, confirm your love to this individual because that's what Jesus does. He forgives and he loves him. He needs to sense that he's been forgiven. He needs to know that you love him because Jesus loves him. Forgive him for his sake so he's not overtaken by this situation. Confirm your love to him for the sake of Jesus as the body of Christ. Let him know it and Forgive him for the sake of the church. For the sake of the church. The man had sinned against Paul, no doubt about it, but had mostly sinned against the Lord and affected the church. Forgive him for his sake so that he's not inundated and overwhelmed. Forgive him and confirm your love for him for the sake of Jesus and for the church's sake, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. An unforgiving spirit in the congregation gives Satan a beachhead. It will begin to dismantle a church. I don't believe in my short, getting longer ministry that I have ever seen more embittered people than those who cannot compassionately forgive. And Satan gains advantage. And many are affected by that bitterness. Some people hold on to things. They feast on things. 
They remind themselves of past pains and what we should do is compassionately forgive. What a strange situation. People are saying that Paul is not really a truth teller. His yea is not yea, his nay is not nay. He's double-minded, he's carnally motivated, he's flippant with his travel plans, he's changing where he's going, and what he's saying is this, I changed my plans because I purpose not to come to you in heaviness. I'm under severe attack. Now, I wrote a letter out of anguish of heart and through many tears because I love you. I consider myself a helper of your joy. I wrote a letter, but I'm not coming because I know my coming will rob you of joy. Where would I then get joy? And where would you then get joy? He's under attack, and yet he's considerate of others. Being considerate of others does not mean we brush sin under the carpet. You confront sin. He's saying this situation must be dealt with. And we note historically and within Scripture that it was. The church addressed this situation. Church discipline was carried out. Now, there were some who thought it should be more severe. And so Paul comes back and he says, for that mentality, you also need to compassionately forgive. For this man's sake, when you're under attack... The situation is dealt. Compassionately forgive. Don't let this person be overtaken with sorrow. For Jesus' sake, confirm your love. For the sake of the church, the spirit, the mentality, and the culture of the church, forgive. Paul's teaching us how to love in a hard season. How to exhibit true love when we're under attack. Always considerate of others never shying away from confronting sin, always lavishly and compassionately forgiving. What would it be like if we lived this out? Look, I wish that everybody behaved with the rules of kindergarten. Words get spoken, feelings get hurt, situations arise. We're human, man. It's going to happen. But if we'll stay considerate of others, we'll lovingly confront sin, and we'll compassionately forgive Really, no lasting damage should be done. Hard stuff to unpack. Valuable real-life advice from the living word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us right now to be humble, to just learn from your word. Protect us. Bind the devil. Help our hearts to desire to align in obedience with Scripture. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening this week to the Graceway Baptist Church podcast. For more information about our church and our ministries, head on over to our website at gracewaycharlotte.org. We are a church located in South Charlotte. We are growing and our ministries are doing big things for Christ. If you're looking for a way to get plugged into what we're doing, email us at info at gracewaycharlotte.org. Also, stay in the loop with everything happening by following us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle is Graceway Charlotte. Thanks again for listening to the Graceway Charlotte podcast. We'll see you next week.